also turn to Acts chapter 4 and just uh, got a few few passages and a few scriptures here and trust that you're encouraged this morning and I know that um, that many times as we enter into our, our Sunday and, and we've had the, the week that we've had and then we're entering into a new week that what we simply need is just encouragement and uh, one of the, the great things about our gathering together is that we're called to do just that. We are meant to exhort one another daily, and we are to exhort each other during our time of gathering together. And we're going to speak about this morning as we continue our our series and look into the life of the Apostle Paul and some of the key partnerships that God brought to his life, and probably someone that 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 we we've read about or we've at least know about. And that's the, the person of Barnabas. And Barnabas, I'm going to call him the supporter or the encourager. And if you think about it, right through Scripture, uh, there, there have been different persons or people that God has used to, be, to fill this, this role in a person's life. Uh, we know right through Scripture that those that, that God has used, that, that we, we sort of attribute as someone that God used greatly, could not have gotten to the place where they have gotten without those who were an encouragement to them. Those who were supporters, those who just came alongside them during difficult times and, and even just during normal times. And we're going to see someone that, that uh, we can learn from this morning, um, and, and that's Barnabas. Look at Acts chapter 9, and let's just begin reading in verse 23. Acts chapter 9, verse 23. And uh, notice what happens here. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. And this is referring to Saul. And Saul has just been converted. And, and now he's, he's on his way. He's preaching Christ. But their laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. And so he had to make a, a sudden escape for his life. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem... He essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. And so he, he's moving here from Damascus where, uh, where he had just been with Ananias, where he was uh, strengthened by Ananias and, and was able to uh, be, uh, be introduced to those believers there in that city. But now he's moving to Jerusalem uh, south of, of Damascus here where, where the main body of believers were dwelling. And, uh, of course, as you understand it, they would have heard somewhat of the story of Saul already. And so they were hearing about this, and, and in their mind, they were a little skeptical. They were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. And then notice the entrance that Barnabas takes in verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus and he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And so we see here Saul's introduction to, to the, the main group of believers there, the disciples, not just the disciples that were in Damascus, but the disciples, those ones that had walked and those ones that had been with the Lord Jesus. And, and now Barnabas comes in, and without Barnabas, there's not going to be a real introduction or really a real acceptance of the Apostle Paul later on, Saul here. Uh, to, the, to the main body of believers. And so we, what we see here is we can't underestimate 
the role that Barnabas plays in the, in the growth and, and really the fulfillment of, of Paul's calling in his life. We can't underestimate it. And, and, and similarly today, we can't really underestimate the power of an encourager. The power of someone who, who would just come alongside and be an encouragement to another, be a supporter. And as we continue with our narrative, we're going to note the massive impact that uh, Barnabas had on Paul, but really what that, that Barnabas had on the body of believers. And really that's what encouragers do. They, they, have a, they, they make a tremendous impact through their words, through their actions. And it's really a stark contrast to the doubters that so often pervade our own attitudes. And, you know, church, we live in a very cynical world, don't we? And we live in a time where many things can bring us down. And sadly, sometimes we take that same attitude into the church, into our gathering. And yet what, what God is highlighting for us here is if we're going to be a, a key partnership to someone, you're going to need to be someone like Barnabas who's an encourager, a supporter. And uh, in contrast to this world that we live in, we have encouragers or supporters who, who have a heart to believe rather than doubt, who want to uplift rather than tear down and help rather than hinder. And, and here, as we noted earlier, as a church, a big part of our, the reason we come together is not to, not to share criticism, not to share gossip, but to exhort one another. We are here to encourage each other. And, you know, we, we can leave uh, out there in the world, in the lost world, all the negativity and all of the criticism and all of the, those things, that, uh, those, that, that fault finding that we can find in our world today. But in here, in our gathering together, we better have the mentality of Barnabas. One who would be a supporter. One who would be an exhorter. One who would be an encourager. We see here in the life of, of this man, uh, somewhat uh, a man that really uh, isn't credited for a, a great deal in Scripture and yet highlighted for us uh, a disciple in his own right, one Barnabas who was encouraged. And look at, look at uh, where he was first mentioned. Look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And, and here, very early on in the church's history, we see Barnabas enter the scene. And, and notice verse 35 Notice actually verse 34, neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the, piece, uh, the prices of the things that were sold. And notice here, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to, uh, as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was named Barnabas, which is being interpreted, and here's what his, the name means, the son of consolation. So it was a name given him. It was a name surnamed him because there was something about Barnabas. He was a son of consolation. He was a comforter. He was the one that could, one that could console. He was one that could, uh, could comfort. And he was known as the son of consolation. He was able to comfort and encourage. And, and you know, that ought to remind us of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it, let's just... Uh, let's just uh, Highlight that for us this morning as we, uh, as we introduce this thought. Uh, to, to be an encourager is to be Christ-like. Uh, to, to, to be one who comes alongside and, and lifts another up is Christ-like. He, he is our consolation in 2 Thessalonians 2.16. Now, 
our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. And, and the gospel message really is grounded on being a consolation or a comfort. And, and remember, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And so this morning, as we're thinking about Barnabas, we ought to be thinking about Christ in him. We ought to be thinking about the fact that uh, as Barnabas is described, he's a man full of the Holy Ghost. He was a faithful man. He, he was a, a man who, who uh, just by the grace of God was saved and then was changed and was given this title of the Son of Consolation. Why? Because he was very much like Christ in this way. He was one who was a consoler. He was one who was an encourager, a supporter. And, and I want to say this morning that encouragement can be a powerful resource that helps lift another up and at times when we need it, lift us up. And who here this morning can raise a hand and say there's times where we needed to be encouraged? Only a few of us. Wow, we have a wonderful church. <laughs> but I think many of us here, if we were honest with ourselves, there are times when we were downtrodden by the, the, just the, the situations of life. And we needed someone like a Barnabas to come alongside us and encourage us. And, and I'm, for one, thankful for those times where God sent someone who was like Christ, who was able to encourage. And really, encouragement, encouragement is to support, to promote, to advance, to favor, to, uh, to, uh, to reward, to strengthen. Someone said this, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will not forget you. And I'm so glad as I think about and recall in my own life the, the, the many times where someone has been an encouragement to me. And whether it was just a kind word, whether it was just a, an action and, and maybe a gift given or uh, maybe it was just a, a, a short text message to say, I'm praying for you, all of those things that so easily come into our life that we ought to recognize as God's enabling and God's just goodness to us in giving us an encouragement. And I hope that we'd have the mentality this morning uh, to be like Barnabas, to be like Christ, who is an encourager. And I'm saying this morning that we owe much to those who stepped into our lives when we felt at a crossroads, just like, the, the, like Saul here. When we were at a crossroads and, and, and they just spoke a kind word or they, they just stepped up to the plate and were there for us and took some time to be with us and came and believed in us. And I'm thankful this morning, if you played that role and you play that role, I'm thankful for you, your encouragement. And I'm thankful this morning, and I hope to, to uh, encourage you this morning about the encourager. I hope in the first place to, to incite your mind to think about those that have been encouragement to you and perhaps take some time to be an encouragement back to them. And, and perhaps also to look around and this place and the areas that God calls us to and maybe in our workplaces, maybe in our school places, maybe in our own homes and recognize when someone needs just someone, maybe like you, to come alongside them and be a support and a help. And we owe much to those who stepped into our lives and did that. Thank, be thankful to, for encouragers, but be also an encourager. And we ought to have the heart to be a supporter. One that encourages those that are around us. And it means stepping in when others step out. 
It means giving ourselves to be used to lift another that's been downtrodden and believing in someone when others don't. And we ought to be an encouragement. And we're going to learn from Barnabas, who was a faithful man filled with the Spirit of God, who was used of the Lord to be an encouragement to the Apostle Paul. And, and let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to, to help us this morning as we get into the Word of God. Father, again, we just thank You. Lord, help us this morning to, Lord, have this heart. Lord, there are many perhaps even ourselves this morning, Lord, who are feeling discouraged. And yet, Lord, the solution for that really is to, 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 to be one that will come alongside and be an encouragement to another. And I pray that you'd help us this morning as we observe the life of Barnabas, Lord, to see you, but, but then, Lord, to see uh, the need to be like you in this way, like Barnabas was, uh, to be a, a son of consolation, to be a supporter and encourager. So I pray that you'd help us this morning in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So again, we, we read Acts chapter 9, and, and we see here that, that uh, Paul was really caught between two worlds. His former life caused him to be now in danger of life. He, he had converted from Judaism, which was uh, such a great persecutor of the, of the Christian faith, of the way. And now he was running away from those perhaps who he even called as friends, those who were his contemporaries, those who were his peers. And now he was running away from them for fear of his life. And yet the ones that he was, uh, he was really supposed to join and be part of, they were disbelieving of him as well. He was sort of caught between two worlds there. He was, his former was set to kill him for his treachery, and the new one was fearful of who he really was. And really was questioning the authenticity of his conversion. And so here, very early on in, in Paul's life as a Christian, he was already being questioned. He was already being, uh, being, being doubted for, for the reality of the conversion uh, that he had towards Christ. And, and what I'm saying is Paul was at a crossroads. And this was the reality of the choice he made to follow Christ. And who understands this morning that just because we, we decide and we decide to follow Christ, who understands that it doesn't always happen that everything goes right for us? That even here, very early on, in, in one of the, 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 the key characters of the Word of God in the Apostle Paul, that even he was doubted. That even he needed to be supported and helped and encouraged. And, and, and then we see the entrance of Barnabas here and in verse 27, but Barnabas took him. And, and he declared, he brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way. And, and somewhat uh, interested, uh, Barnabas must have heard so much about the miraculous conversation, uh, con conversion of Saul of Tarsus, the great persecutor of the church, to now a great propagator of the church. And he understood already that very early on, even that Paul was, was declaring and, and preaching the gospel, even in that city of Damascus. And Paul, uh, and sorry, and Barnabas steps in to be an encouragement when everyone else stepped away. And here's the lesson we, we learned firstly about a a supporter, an encourager, a supporter sees God's work in a person even when others are disbelieving. And here's what, what literally happened there. While Paul and here Saul had great hopes of joining himself to the apostles, Jesus' people, his people now, they were skeptical and stepped away and he felt all alone and he felt like he was just at the crossroads. 
And, and Barnabas stepped in when others were, were hesitant. Notice there, but Barnabas took him. But Barnabas took him. And whilst others didn't believe in Paul's conversion, Barnabas did. And, and the reality is this, somewhat Paul already had some sort of track record. This wasn't like he was just coming in cold that no one knew anything about him. No, they already had heard that he had preached the gospel. They had already known that he was bold for the faith. And, and really, from the apostles' point of view, they were, had a choice to make. They either could see the working of God in a man's life and, and, and not doubt God can do that. Or they, could have, they chose, as they did here, they chose to disbelieve. Not believing his conversion, not believing that, that he had now become a Christian. And, and so we see then Barnabas steps in when others were hesitant. And, and um, I wonder if you've ever been doubted. I wonder if your intentions have ever been doubted or you've, you've ever come into a situation where you've tried to do the right thing. You're trying to move forward in your faith. And I recall many times some, uh, some young people who uh, God's, God is calling and and they share their news to their friends or to their family, and they, they come back with a discouraged heart. Why? Because some cold water has been poured all over their fire. I wonder if there's ever been a time where, where you, you've made a decision for Christ to, to move forward in your faith, and you've tried to share that with others, and you've been doubted about that. I wonder if there's been times where, where you've had a, a, a spiritual high, you've climbed the mountaintop, and you've seen God work in your life, and then everyone just, just gives the credit to something else. And those times can be a discouraging time, can't it? Those times can be a, a time where you feel, you, you feel sort of left in the cold. You feel uh, as if that uh, those good things that God is doing in your life is now null and void and, and doesn't count. And, and here, that's exactly what Paul was feeling. Paul, who had great hopes, he had just escaped with his life and now he was joining the, the apostles, and here he was. He was doubted. And that's when you need someone who's like Barnabas to come in and step in, be an encourager. You, you know what, what uh, we tend to do is we tend to just go with the crowd. We, we tend to just look at someone who's been set aside and cast about, and we tend to, to go about and look at that, and we, we won't do a thing. And you know, the courage of Barnabas as an encourager, he stepped out, he stepped into the life of the Apostle Paul when everyone else was stepping out. And I hope that we would find friends like that. I hope that we would be like that. And I hope that, that we would understand the need for us at times to step in when others step away. And we need Barnabases in our midst who would step in when others step out. We need those who will see beyond the peripheral and look to make a difference in another's life. And, and truth be told, if all of us here were to, uh, to look back, uh, perhaps some of you who've been saved for quite a while, perhaps some of you who, like me, grew up in, the, uh, in a Christian home, and, and perhaps some of you who uh, were, were different and got saved later on in life, and, and you probably didn't look the part, you probably didn't say the right things, you probably didn't, uh, weren't as faithful as you should have been, and yet there was someone like the, like the Barnabas who didn't shun you and didn't just look at you as someone that is strange and someone who didn't belong, and they stepped into your life, and they, you're here today. Because someone took a chance on you. Because someone cared enough 
to not just follow the crowd who disbelieved, but they stepped into your life and they believed in the working of God. Many times we observe churches, and, and, and I hope not our church, were those who are different. Those who are just a bit rough around the edges aren't welcomed. There's no spirit of Christ in that church. Because the spirit of Christ would encourage, would help, would lift up. And, and we see here that Barnabas stepped in when others stepped away. We need those who will see beyond the peripheral and look to make a difference in another's life. And it tells us in Jude 22, and of some have compassion making a difference. And I hope that we would have compassion and Barnabas certainly stood out from the opinion of others. What courage. He accepted that whilst Paul had a horrendous past, he could be changed by God. And None of us here are perfect. None of us here at, at the point of salvation were deserving of salvation. We all have sins. We have those ones that, that God forgave. And yet so many times we look at those that are different to us. Those who have a checkered past. And, and we don't have the heart like Barnabas had. And, and uh, I, I think about the time where, where even as a, as a young boy, those who took me in, and I was sharing this with the church in, um, in Alabama last week, thinking about the church. And uh, I, was, I was a 10 or 11-year-old boy when, when this church was a, a Bible study had just begun. And I'll tell you what, I was a brat. I had a bad attitude. I had a scowl on my face. And, um, and I just didn't want to be there. I, I wanted to do other things on a Saturday afternoon. And, and you asked my parents, there were so many times they just forced me to come. But uh, I, I wanted to be out there. I, I was playing tennis. I was playing basketball. I was playing soccer. All of those different activities of a Saturday afternoon that I was more interested in than being in a Bible study. But I remember those times where I would come there. There was a group of young men who loved God, who loved the Lord, who, who just loved church. And they would come alongside me. And they would just say, hey, thanks for coming. Hey, why don't you just come and sit with us? And, and they were such an encouragement to that 10, 11-year-old boy, me, who was just a, just a little brat. <laughs> but I'm thankful. Because I look at that and God used them. And they didn't know it. They didn't know it, but I would be the pastor of this church. And now I tell them, aren't you glad you were nice to me? And, and so, many, so many people along the way, and, and no doubt you would have similar stories. But, but Barnabas stepped in when others stepped away. And, and Barnabas really, he, he understood and saw God's work, and he spoke in appreciation of God's work in another's life. You know, sometimes we can be very self-centered in our conversation. And, and we, we talk about what God's doing in our life, and that's a great thing. I hope you share your testimony. I hope that you would encourage another with God's working in your life. But you know what the Apostle Paul did? He looked at another person's life, and he recognized God's work in another's life. He looked at another person and he saw God's working in him. And, and notice the Bible says he declared to them. He rehearsed to them the things that God was doing in, in Saul's life. And Barnabas had no problem believing that God was working in Paul. And why? Why is that? Why? Because he had seen it. 
He didn't have to embellish or make it up. There was something happening in Paul's life. There was something real in the life of Saul of Tarsus. There was something that God had called him to. And Barnabas was spiritual enough and Barnabas was, was aligned enough to the Spirit of God to understand when someone was working, when, when the Holy Spirit was working in another's life. And he understood and it wasn't all about him. And so this was a man believing that God can in another man. You know, we like to talk about ourselves. How about observing the working of God in another? And, and, and Paul, Paul, sorry, Barnabas understood this because right back in Acts chapter 4, uh, chapter 4 we understand that Barnabas had all, also experienced change. We understand that somewhat Barnabas had some sort of origin story as well. And, and we knew that he was uh, probably a man who was uh, well, well off, someone who had some uh, property to sell. And he did that. He was changed by, by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was changed as well. And so in the first place, this was a man who had witnessed in his own life God's working. And he was fine to recognize it in another's life. He was a man of means who surrendered it all to follow his Savior. And perhaps others doubted Barnabas and so his attitude toward this new convert, Saul, soon to be Paul, was one of support and belief in a God. Not on a person per se, but in a God that can change him and others also. Do, do we see it that way? You know, sometimes we look at a, 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 a person who's just been recently saved. And by the way, Praise God, next week we're going to have some baptisms. Praise the Lord. That, that's, that's God's working in a person's life. Uh, we're going to have some, some baby dedications. And we're going to have some parents who are going to come up here and, and testify before you, church. And give them, uh, hold themselves to account that they will raise their children up for the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we get to be part of that, but that's God's working in their life. But we see that that, uh, that Barnabas, he was a man who just believed in, another, in God's working in another's life. He, he was a supporter who, who recognized that, that God was able to work in another's life. And, and I hope that we would have that mentality. I hope that we would, as we uh, go about, uh, we, we see people saved, that we would have the, the heart of encouragement to encourage people along the way. And guess what? People grow in different, at different rates, don't they? You know, the problem is many times we're just impatient. You know, we just want, to, we want people in a mold. Oh, by this time you should be this way. How do you know God's working? How do you know what God's doing in that person's life? How dare you judge another man's servant? And many times as we, as we in, our, in an effort to perhaps boost or we're really being impatient and really we're being a discouragement. You know, I'm mindful as I've gotten to work with our young people again. Just, just the, I'm mindful that I can't, I can't force, I can't force our, these young people to grow a certain way. I can, I can care for them. I can love them. I can give them scripture. And I can certainly pray the Holy Spirit does the changing. But it's not my job to force those changes on anyone. That's God. 
but that's recognizing God's working. And so, so in the first place, we see a supporter. A supporter believes when others disbelieve. They see God's work in a person and even when others disbelieve. And then notice the next thing. Look at Acts chapter 11. Look at Acts chapter 11. So we'll jump ahead a little bit in the story now. And we see that the, the spread of the gospel, it just explodes. The gospel is now in different places. It's not just in Jerusalem. It's not just in Damascus, in the immediate area. But now it's spread around in different parts of, of the, that known world there. And in Acts chapter 11, look at verses 22 to 25. Notice then the tidings of these things. And, and what these things were, they, they heard that the, some of the Gentiles were getting saved. And so we see that the tidings of these things, so this, the news of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth, guess who? Barnabas. They sent Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. So he's on a mission. They've heard that, that God was working somewhere. So they sent Barnabas, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad. And exhorted them all, Barnabas, the son of consolation, that with purpose of heart they, should, they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. And so notice there, this good thing happening there in Antioch. Many were saved. Even Barnabas, as he encouraged them, was encouraged about what God was doing in their midst. And, and notice what Barnabas did. Then, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. What a great story. What a great part of, of Christian history. They were called Christians first in Antioch. And without that, without, without Barnabas, what of those believers? But you know what he did also? He took Saul of Tarsus with him. And here's the point I'm trying to make. An encourager or a supporter sees God's work in a place and enlists the help of other disciples. He enlisted. The success of the church at Antioch led the apostles and the brethren at Jerusalem to send Barnabas to oversee or superintend the movement and and so Barnabas, the son of consolation, he was sent to help a group of people that the disciples really just were wondering about. They, they had somewhat questions about, the again, the legit, legitimacy of what was happening there. And so they heard now that good tidings, that means good news of those things that were happening. And, and so Barnabas was sent. He was again the man for the job. He was again the one that was, that, that, uh, that was sent by the apostles to encourage and exhort. And here again, Barnabas was recognizing that God was not only working in an individual's life, God was working in a place. God was working in a group of people. And, and there Barnabas, again, he exhorted them, he encouraged them, he, he, uh, he instructed them in the things of God, but he understood that, that for the work of God to continue, that he as a supporter, he as an encourager, it wasn't just about him doing the job, it was others 
that needed to come along for the journey as well. And you know what an encourager is? He's not someone who's exclusive. It's not just about him. It's not just about him and his work. No, it was about him and others and the work of God. That's what an encourager does. An encourager draws people in. Doesn't deflect people out. You know, the, the, the most successful works of God, they're done as a group, not by an individual. And we see here that, that because of the way Barnabas was in his mentality, he went to seek none other than Saul of Tarsus. Really at this stage, still young in the faith, still some things that he was, God was working on. and You know, an encourager, a supporter, he goes. And he goes to meet a need. Barnabas was sent here to a different place. So we, we can read later on that, that he, was one of the, the, he became one of the key leaders there, but he was sent to this different place. It was a place that God was clearly working. This isn't to say the other disciples didn't want to go, but they understood that the man for the job is one who would be an encourager, one that could exhort, one who could instruct, one who was a good man, full of the, uh, the Holy Ghost and uh, full of uh, faith. And Barnabas was chosen to go. And, and Barnabas really was driven to be an encouragement and a help to these people. And, you know, many times, uh, many times as we go about and understand that, that, that we have a, a, an opportunity in our time to be a help in other places, we ought to have the mentality that we want to be a help wherever we go. And, and I think as we, as we go about and, as we see others come along and we get opportunity perhaps to go to other places, that we have the mentality of just being encouragement wherever we're at. Is that a good thing? It would be a good thing. You know, it's not just in Sydney, Australia that the brethren need encouragement. You know, if we travel over to the Philippines, those brethren need encouragement too. You know, if we travel to, uh, to Romania, those brethren need encouragement too. You know, if we travel over to Argentina, those brethren will need encouragement too. And guess what, church? We don't even have to leave the vicinity of our place to be an encouragement elsewhere. We can through a text message. We can through a phone call. We can through an email. Just be an encouragement. We can be an encouragement wherever we go. And guess what I found? As I headed over to the wedding to Alabama, even in Alabama, the brethren need encouragement too. It doesn't matter where you go. We ought to have the mentality that it's not just where we're comfortable, where we can be an encouragement. We ought to be an encouragement wherever we go. And an encourager cares not for his own comfort, not for his own, uh, his own needs. No, uh, someone who's an encourager, a supporter, it's all about those who God sends him along the way, where God sends him to go. It's where God is working, where he wants to be an encouragement and a help. See, the life of a supporter isn't one of just comfort and convenience. I think about the the great parable, the Good Samaritan. You know, the, the world has even adopted that, uh, that, that terminology, the Good Samaritan. Because they understand there was something about that Samaritan that was good. You know what he did? He crossed the road. He crossed it. 
he, he, he came away from his path that had no hindrances. And unlike the Levite, unlike the Pharisee, unlike those who were self-righteous, no, he took his time and he cared for that injured man. And you know what? That, it cost him, didn't it? it? It changed his course. He changed his course. He, he had to cross the road. He had to, uh, he had to pick up that bloodied man and he had to care for that man. He had to send him off where he could be healed. And guess what? He also paid for it too. And listen, listen, we, we sometimes in our, in our mentality will be an encouragement if it doesn't cost us a thing. We'll be an encouragement if it, doesn't, if, if it means it doesn't get our hands dirty. We'll be an encouragement if it's convenient to us in a convenient season. But, but, the, but Barnabas, he went where the work of God was needful. And he went to be an encouragement. But then also in that way, he didn't care about the position. He cared about the work of God. And so what he did was he enlisted those, he enlisted those that could be a help. And you know what an encourager do, does? An encourager doesn't just pick someone up. An encourager takes someone on a journey. An encourager wants to bring someone along. Because encouragement isn't just about when we're downtrodden. Encouragement is about us moving forward in the work of God. And, and the, the big picture goal of being an encourager is that, is that someone can get up and keep going for the cause of Christ. It's not just about picking someone up. No, no, we have a greater purpose, and, and that, that is a great thing. That is a great thing to encourage someone so that they can stand back on their feet, so that they can get on their way. But, but let's ensure that we're, we're also helping to enlist them, to keep them going in the call that God has for them. That, that we have that heart. That, that we have that heart to just pick someone up so that they can be usable, so that they can be used in their calling for God. He cares about and enlists for the help that is needed in, that, uh, in, in, a, in the work of God. And Barnabas didn't have an ego about being the one that receives the credit. He, he just understood that he needed others, and here specifically Saul of, of Tarsus, to help get the job done. And guess what? Paul was on his way. But not without Barnabas. And so we see here, he went to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And there's just something about, uh, about someone who is an encouragement that draws you into the work of God. And one of those things, again, if I can say, in my story, those, those, those young men, they had the heart, and you know what? They served. They sang together. They cleaned the church together. And you know what? They enlisted me for the work. They enlisted me. And they encouraged me that way. And Barnabas was all about supporting the work of God. And, you know, an encourager, a supporter isn't about all about getting the credit. He or she is about getting the work done. 
And so they encourage others to help. And again, can I say, when, when the, the, the commandment in Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Listen, our time here together is about enlisting. It's about encouraging each other in the work of God. It's about understanding that it's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the staff's job. It's not just those volunteer leaders who need to be on their game. But it's all of us that need to enlist in the work of God. That we can't just sit here week to week and not be a part of the work of God. There's a gospel to still preach. There's a world to still win. And there's those that still need to hear. But it's got to start here. And I want to encourage you this morning. Enlist. We need you. Be part of it. Don't be a lone ranger in the work of God. We're supposed to. And, and Barnabas, who had the heart, the heart of encouragement, he said, let's go. Come along. Let's enlist. And so he took the Apostle Paul now on this journey. And we see later on they were sent from there. But then notice here in Acts 15, if we look at the story, and we'll close soon, Acts 15. Notice verse 36. Notice here. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again. And visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. So now Paul, uh, he's come along nicely now. God's now given him some fruit. He's now been used greatly in different places. And, and Barnabas is still in the picture. There, there, this great partnership that God had formed. And Paul says, let's go and visit the brethren that we've, we've seen one. And notice what happens in verse 37. Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. So John Mark. And Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So Paul looks at John Mark and he says, I don't want to take him. Um, he departed and, and he, you know, he sort of stood us up. I mean, he should have come with us, but he didn't. And notice what happened. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went from Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. And notice there a splitting. Um, there was a contention between them. In fact, it was so sharp, they divided asunder, which means this, they went their separate ways. And, and uh, I look at that, and sometimes we look at that in, a, uh, in just a negative way, and we understand then that Barnabas wasn't perfect. Paul wasn't perfect either. They were just two red-blooded men who didn't want to be wrong. And so here, they, they split up, but the encouraging Thing to me here is this, if we just consider the, the situation, was Barnabas kept going and Paul kept going. They still went. The work of the, the gospel still 
happen. And here's the, the point, a, a supporter or an encourager. He sees God's work even through disagreements and continues to work even with that disruption. And you know, sometimes encouragers can be discouraged. Sometimes those who have a fire for God and they just want to do the work of God, sometimes they can be discouraged too. And here certainly this was, a, this was grounds for discouragement for Barnabas. But you know, sometimes here's what happens. Discouragement stops us from continuing on the work of God. And we could. We could so easily make the excuse that we've been discouraged by someone and therefore we're not going to do it anymore. And I wonder how many, it'd be an amazing stat, how many Christians all around the world who are no longer where, where they were meant to be, who are no longer active in the work of God, who are no longer ones that, that encourage others, but have just totally fallen away because they were discouraged. And I'm not belittling and I'm not downsizing the, the, the argument here, the, the disagreement that they had. But the point of, the, of it is this, they still went on. They still continued. And this great relationship between Barnabas and Paul, it was tested by this disagreement and this evidently ended in a sharp one. And, and this separation when the result was this, Paul took Silas and Barnabas took John Mark. But here's the point I'm trying to make. They still went. The work still continued and both men continued for the work. And here it is, a true encourager has the work in mind, not always the relationships around him. And here's, here it is, Barnabas could have quit. He could have. But he didn't. Barnabas kept the work as the thing that mattered, not his own opinion. And so he just took John Mark. And he sailed over to Cyprus. And, and here we see uh, Paul and Silas, they go over to Syria and Cilicia. And, and perhaps Barnabas had a soft spot for John Mark, but he remains consistent and gives this one a chance, gives him a go, and by the way, like he did with Paul. And the result was this, the, the gospel work continued. And, and so I want to say to you this morning, a, a true encourager has the work of God in mind. And, and maybe you as an encourager, maybe that's your gift, you're an exhorter. And maybe you're discouraged. Can I encourage you? The work of God still needs you. Keep going. Don't, don't let this disruption and, and whatever the disagreement is, whatever the situation is, I don't know. But the Lord knows. And the Lord knows this. He knows that He wants you to continue on for Him. There's no reason to stop the work. There's no reason to pick up another and be an, an encouragement to another. There's no reason to just, just throw in the towel and, and call it a day and say, well, the work of God will just continue without me. It will but you miss out. And be an encouragement that way. And, and, but then a true encourager persists and restores and positively, positively impacts those around him. And, and here's, here's what I want you to see. Look at 2 Timothy now. Some say that 2 Timothy was the, the last book Paul ever penned. He said some things in the book of 2 Timothy about his, his, his soon departure. He was now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand, he says. 
But notice in, in all of his uh, writing, notice what he says here in verse 10. He says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatian. Only Luke is with me. So he's saying, there's only one person with me. But then notice his instruction to Timothy, take Mark. You know who Mark is? It's John Mark. So he says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. That's amazing. Just earlier on, we just read it. This young man in Paul's mind, was unprofitable for the work. But then years later, we see him come back to the picture, and now he's profitable for the work. You know what that tells us about Barnabas? It tells us about Barnabas that he didn't poison the mind of young John Mark. He didn't poison him. He didn't, he, he didn't come away bitter from that, from that disagreement. He didn't come away bitter about the work of God as they sailed over to Cyprus. He didn't come away with a, with a negative mindset towards, towards God and towards Paul and towards the, those other brethren. No. He, he was persistent. And yes, he worked with John Mark as a result of that disagreement. But later on, he commended Mark to Paul, which tells us this. Paul and Barnabas still had a relationship. They still fellowshiped. They, they still, and, and Barnabas in his heart of encouragement still encouraged his young protege, John Mark, to do the work of the ministry. And here's what sometimes happens. Sometimes when we're discouraged, it turns into bitterness. And then we start to poison the minds of those that are, we are meant to be leading. And there's never a second chance. But can I encourage you, if you're a true encourager, you're not going to go away and, and gossip behind someone's back. You're not going to go and, and, and you know, poison the mind of someone over this work and that work. No, you're going to have a heart for, and a bigger picture mind about the work of God. And so, parents, can I encourage you? Maybe you've had a disagreement. Maybe it's been with another brother, even someone that you've invested in and you're encouraged, you've encouraged. Don't poison the mind of your child. Don't, don't discourage their heart about the work of God. Don't go home and gossip about them. Don't go home and make them the topic of your conversation at lunch. No, no, preserve their mind. No, give, keep, keep their heart tender to the things of God. No, no, hey, hey, take the loss. Suffer the loss. Suffer the rebuke. And look ahead and look to the God and look at His work and, and, and encourage those. And, you know, uh, I wonder how we lead those who follow us through times of disappointment and discouragement. Mom and dad, ministry leaders, how's the spirit of those whom you lead when you've been wronged or had a disagreement with another? 
Those of you who probably, maybe you who live with regret. Maybe someone discouraged you. Maybe God called you to the ministry or maybe God called you to do the a work and you were discouraged and you didn't get a chance to do it. I wonder what you say to your children about the work of the ministry. I wonder what you say. I wonder if, if they'll be like John Mark who was unprofitable, now is profitable. I wonder if you've given them, give them another chance. Maybe through them God could uh, bring you joy again. But the spirit of an encourager persists with positivity and doesn't poison his followers. That's a true encourager. And, and so Barnabas was that way. Barnabas, he could have used that as an excuse to quit. Barnabas could have used it as an excuse to, to make Paul sound like the worst person ever. But he didn't. You know why? Because Barnabas, Barnabas was an encourager. And Barnabas was a true supporter. And, and I wonder today if we would just take our time and not just sit there in the pew, but just have the mindset as we gather together to just say an encouraging word, to just lift, lift up a fellow who perhaps has been downtrodden by life this week and maybe encourage those who are struggling. Just encourage someone who's coming along in their journey of the Christian life and maybe God will use you to be a divine appointment, a, a key partnership in that person's life. To see, the key to all this is that Barnabas was a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost. And the fragrance of our lives when we truly walk with God and we're like Christ is that we encourage those around us for the gospel's sake. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity that we have. Lord, to rest a little while, Lord, from the cares of this world and the Lord, just all of the, the things that we so often endure in our flesh, to be able to be reminded and then refreshed about one that you used, Lord, in the past, but whom we can learn from. And Lord, be encouraged today about being an encouragement. And Father, thank you that, that you are our consolation, that you in your working through the Holy Spirit is a comfort to, comforter to us and encouragement. And so I pray that, Lord, as we live like you, as we become more like you, that we would be an encouragement to others. That you would help us to recognize those around us that, Lord, need, a, need some strengthening, need to be lifted up. And, Lord, I do pray for anyone here this morning that, Lord, they're, they're going through some discouragement, they're going through some struggle. I pray that, Lord, they would, they would see hope in you. That, Father, they would, they would be encouraged today to perhaps take their burden, Lord, and, and, and cast it to you. And then, Lord, that others might recognize the need to come around them. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, the piano can begin to play. And perhaps this morning... As you listened into the Word of God, as you listened into the character of Barnabas, that you would recognize 
times that you have been the recipient of one that was like that. I wonder if you'd be here firstly. I want to ask you this question. If you were to die today, would you know for sure that your sins are forgiven? Heaven's your home. See, the, the reason why Jesus can be our consolation is because He Himself took the punishment of sin on the cross, your sin and my sin, and willingly died for us. Maybe you're here this morning and you can say, Pastor, just with an uplifted hand, if I were to die today, I wouldn't know for sure that my sins are forgiven, that heaven's my home. Is there anyone here that would say, I'm lost and I need Christ? And I need to accept Him as my Savior today. Is there anyone here this morning just with an uplifted hand? I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. But I just want to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone this morning, whether you're a guest or a regular attendee of our church, are you here and you're without Christ, you need Christ as your Savior this morning? Is there anyone here this morning just with an uplifted hand? All right, I don't see any hands. And I wonder if you're here and you can say, Pastor, that's me. I've, I have been a recipient of one that has encouraged me. Just with an uplifted hand, just say, that's me. I've been encouraged. There have been those that, have, that God has sent that has encouraged me. And I want to just say, thank you, Lord, for that. And See those hands. Thank you. And maybe this morning, just with an uplifted hand, just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I want to be an encouragement. I, I want to recognize my role and my duty to be an encouragement. Anyone at all this morning? see many hands. Thank you. Many hands there. Thank you. You can put them down. If you, as we stand to our feet, no one looking around. If we can stand to our feet, no one looking around. If you raise your hand, why don't you take some time and, and maybe thank God for those that have been an encouragement to you. Or maybe you would just commit yourself to be an encouragement to others. And as we stand, maybe at your seat there, but certainly here at the altar, why don't you come if you raise your hand and why don't we just do some business with the Lord this morning.